You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Hey everybody, welcome to the Let's Be Honest Podcast. I'm your host Frank Styles, and this is episode 9. Episode 9, and uh, I missed you guys. It's been a while since my last episode when we uh, spoke with Dino Wells. He is the uh, WBC um, ambassador for peace, screenwriter, actor. If you guys haven't had an opportunity to check that um, episode out, make sure that you do. But it's been a minute. It's been a minute, and I've been working on some things, trying to make sure that I am giving you quality content and wanted to come to you guys and talk to you a little bit about some things that have been happening in the news. Wasn't a very good week last week for Donald And with that being said, uh, I want everyone to know this is going to be a political episode. You've heard me talk about, say things about Donald Trump, but I try not to make my show about being political, but this will be a political episode, only because the things that are happening in the White House now, especially in the last week or so, is being compared to something that happened back in the 70s, and that was with, uh, with the last president back then, Nixon, Watergate. So today's title is versus Watergate. Trumpgate versus Watergate. But before I get into uh, that topic today, I want to let you guys know what I'm working on right now. And um, I wanted to do small episodes, not episodes, but something that's more motivational, uh, whether it be a quote or something inspirational to help you guys get throughout your day or throughout your week, however you want to do them, anywhere between two to five minutes. But they're going to be called... Um, style style sessions style sessions where you get a motivational quote or inspirational something um just depending on just depending on the day you know my mood you know but i'm going to be putting those out so make sure you guys go there and uh listen to that for inspiration i especially want to make sure that if i can in any type of way inspire people and keep them motivated because sometimes we all need that and we need people to um to push us sometimes um we get comfortable at times, and um, somebody uh, actually helped me, you know, push me this this past weekend, um, you know, and uh, I'm not going to say I was coming up with excuses, but I want to make sure that I'm content out, but it also motivated me to uh, to come up with something at the podcast, so that's going to be style sessions where you can get motivational and inspiration from me, Frank Styles. Um, I'm also going to have those posted on the bossradiostation.com website. So if you guys haven't checked me out, go to bossradiostation.com. If you need help with podcast production, uh, po- uh, video editing, v- video editing, and voiceover work, check out bossradiostation.com and uh, just shoot me an email and um, hopefully we can link up and get that going. Do all of it on iTunes. Um, just search for Let's Be Honest with Frank Styles. And remember, Styles is spelled S T Y L Z. Um, you can also check it out on Google Play or your Android uh, device. If you're using Google Play, it's under Google Play Music. You want to go to your phone or your device, and under your settings section, there is a section. You click on podcast, and right in the search field, you put Let's Be Honest with Frank Styles. You can catch me on Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. Sorry, I was looking at my intern. Look at Stitcher. Stitcher platform as well. Um, Searching podcast, Let's Be Honest with Frank Styles on that platform. And the latest platform for those that may not use other uh, platforms on Spotify. This this podcast is on Spotify. Spotify podcast, search for Let's Be Honest with Frank Styles. And uh, the show will be there. Make sure that you subscribe, leave comments, uh, send me messages. Uh, My Instagram is Frank Styles, S-T-Y-L-Z. My Twitter handle is at FrankStyles1, and our Facebook page is Styles uh, Boss Productions. On, uh, we try to send out news. We try to send out funny things, keep you uh, up to date on what we think is pertinent. Uh, but uh, I want to make sure that everybody has all those platforms, man. And y'all help me out. I need more. F- I need you guys to start following and uh, make sure that you're leaving comments on the podcast. 
Let me know what else you want to hear about the things that I bring on as topics. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, I got some other things in the works. I want to thank everyone that has downloaded the Jane Elliott episode, which was racism is far worse than it was. 15. Don't look at me. The white lady said it. Popular episodes. And I believe we are almost at 60 or 70 downloads on that episode alone, which is phenomenal. And I, I certainly appreciate everyone that has went out and listened to that episode with Jane Elliott. And I hope to have her on the show again, talk about some things. Um, but it has been downloaded episode out of everything and all the topics that we have talked about. So thank you so much. I'm working on something really, really big that's going to be almost as equally as um, equally as big as that episode. Opinion. Um, hopefully in the fall, um, it, it, it will, it will happen, but I'm working on something big and, um, hope to bring that to you guys soon. So that's what I'm trying to come up with quality content, trying to make sure that we're talking about things that are important to our society. One thing I want to, I want everyone to remember is the whole thing about this podcast is to keep you informed also to give you other ways of thinking about current events in our society, and in our culture. That's what made me come up with today's topic. Trumpgate versus Watergate. Donald Trump had an interesting week lag. Um, needless to say, it wasn't very good for him. And so I wanted to talk about what occurred and then what occurred last week with him. And then I'm going to bring up some points uh, with sayings that Donald Trump has been doing and compare them to the Watergate scandal with Richard Nixon. Um, for those of you who may not be familiar with Watergate, um, it is a very, very interesting topic and something that occurred in our history. Um, you definitely want to read up. I want to give you some facts about Watergate, and you can see how the two compare, compare to this back in the 70s with little or no analogy in comparison to now with Donald Trump. And I just want you to open your mind a little bit and, and think about some of the things that have have that have been happening. Um, also, too, um, this is for uh, all Trump supporters as well. Um, I want to make sure that you guys look and think about some of the things that are happening and remember some of the things that have happened in the past with history. Um, so I do have a clip. I'm going to let you guys listen to this. This is courtesy of MS, uh, I think this is MSNBC. And what they're doing is just recapping what happened last week with Donald Trump and um, how he said one thing regarding Russia when he met with President uh, Putin. And then he recanted what his statement was because he said he spoke in a double negative. And now they're basically doing cleanup. This, this is still occurring. They're still trying to clean up. So I know you guys have probably heard of important that in case you haven't or maybe some people don't listen to the news that you understand what's going on. And again, this is a courtesy, courtesy of uh, Trump has officially completed 18 months in office. While it has a lot of competition, this week has been nominated as President Putin on Monday. We have seen the president walk back comments he made on Russian election interference and then walk back those walkbacks. Here, a friendly reminder of what has transpired over the course of just three days. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said, I will say this, I don't see any reason why it would be. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2000 election took place. Could be other people also. Is Russia still targeting the U.S., Mr. President? Thank Press, you very let's much. go. Make your way out. No, you don't think that to be the case? Then just yesterday, we learned Putin's been invited to Washington in the fall. The White House also had to back off the president's suggestion he'd be willing to let Russia interrogate Americans, including former U.S. Ambassador Michael McFaul. And today, Pelosi is reporting it this way, quote, Trump's disastrous performance since his news conference alongside Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin has sent West Wing morale to its lowest level since the Charlottesville fiasco almost a year ago. Staffers are considering accelerating their departures in the wake of the president's equivocations 
on Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Well, here with us tonight to talk about it, Jill Colvin, White House reporter for the Associated Press, and Brian Bennett, senior White House correspondent for Time magazine. Uh, Brian, by the way, is the author of this week's cover story that included the, shall we call it, troubling cover imagery, which to the president may count as an official Time Magazine cover appearance, since such things we know are important to him. Uh, Jill, welcome back. I note you started NATO, went to uh, the UK, all the way to Helsinki. You live to tell the tale. I know that some events don't always occur to you in the moment. You're doing your job. Uh, a comment that other people can judge as weighty later doesn't land the right way. I imagine all of this did. And what was, you don't do, you do give takeaway. What was your takeaway from this week? I mean, this trip was something that was just whiplash the entire way at every stop. Precedence everywhere. Something, exactly. Starting with Insulting NATO. your host. Exactly. From the very first moment that he sat down at that breakfast before the NATO oh, officially yeah. got underway, uh, coming out of Angela Merkel like that, assaulting Germany, claiming that they were the ones with Russia uh, to the drama at NATO, uh, the threats that potentially he didn't want to participate anymore. Uh, then you have that interview he gave to uh, the Sun in which he right. lambasted uh, Theresa May right before he arrived. That story published just as the president was had landed. I mean, then you go into the protests all across London, and then you go into Helsinki, which we all thought would be the main event. And really, I mean, I've, I've covered this president now for almost three years. And there are times where, as a reporter, you know, you're, you're surprised. There are times when we've all seen the backlash from Congress. We've seen aides, you know, really kind of burying in, into their holes and not wanting to comment. You know, you feel the, the morale. And at this point, I mean, so many people in the West Wing, it just feels like there's a sense of numbness of all these things that they've gone through again and again. And I was told last day for two important aides, uh, Mark Short, the chief lobbyist on the Hill, and Joe Hagan. And I was under the impression that Joe Hagan had, had already departed, but okay. you, you I might thought, be right. Well, that was, that's Lemire I'm quoting from the <laughs> Associated Press who I heard on this network. So. Either way, In any case, I mean, two big people, departures. And these are people who are also were widely respected, not only within the West Wing, within the White House, who, who the, the president trusted, also were trusted outside of the building. You know, Hagan was somebody who came in to the White House with years of past experience administrations. Mark Short was, was the person who really helped shepherd the president's legislative agenda, you know, played a big role in the Supreme Court nominations. And those are people who are really going to be missed, especially at a time when right now it is not easy to find people to fill any of those positions. You walk into the press office now, I mean, there are a lot of empty desks, and so the question now is, who are they going to find to fill those positions, and, and how much, com you know, what's their competence level going to be? Well, it's true. It's not like working for other administrations. Brian, I'm going to uh, quote your favorite writer, uh, Brian Bennett of Time Magazine, and we'll talk about your writing as soon as I'm done with this quote. This uh, from your cover story this week, and it's on the overarching topic uh, of Russia. Uh, Trump is bruised by the idea that Russian election meddling taints his victory, those close to him say, and can't concede the fact that Russia did try to interfere in the election regardless of whether it impacted the outcome. It's a notable quote, Brian, because here we are in the position of kind of hoping we find out from the Russians some of what was discussed in a two-hour-plus closed-door session between two superpower leaders. Well, it's so extraordinary that on, on this presidency, we always have to rely on the other country to find out what was discussed in a lot of these meetings, and that we're finding it more out from the Russians than from the White House about what President Trump and President Putin talked about. And, I mean, one of the most extraordinary moments this week was, of course, when the president decided uh, he wanted to he say that he had mixed up the word would and wouldn't in his remarks. Uh, it was extraordinary because this president is so reluctant to correct the record on so many other occasions, and it reflected such sincere and troublesome concern among his staff that they came to him and said, look, Mr. President, you need to read something that walks this back. Of course, it didn't address the central problem of his Helsinki performance, which was that he stood next Putin was asked by a reporter who he believed, the U.S. intelligence or President Putin, about the Russian interference, and he couldn't definitively say that he believed U.S. intelligence and he couldn't confront President Putin. I mean, that was the moment for the president to stand up to President Putin mm -hmm. in front of the front of the rest of the world and, and tell him to uh, 
that shouldn't have meddled before and that he shouldn't meddle going into the next round of elections. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MS. All right. So uh, that was a little longer clip, but I wanted to make sure that everybody um, heard what the president said and the points that a lot of media outlets are bringing up about this whole Russia situation. So just to so everybody can keep up, the first thing that they were talking about, this was almost like a little mini tour for him. So he stopped off um, to discuss uh, with our other countries, our partnering countries. I, I forgot the, the right word. Partnering is, is the word that I'm using. Uh, but um, countries that are on board with us where we're supposed to help each other out. So basically NATO. Um, so he, he, he stops there for a summit with these other countries, Germany and a few others, to tell them that they're not paying enough money to, uh, to NATO and they need to f- uh, pay their fair share. Um, he then comes out of that, that meeting and says, hey, they're going to be paying more than they've ever paid before. You know, those are his favorite words, than they've ever done before. That's a favorite thing he loves saying. Um, they're going to be paying more than they ever paid before. Um, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. What ends up happening is they then come out later. He leaves He leaves that summit. They then come out later and said, hold on. We said we would pay, but not in the way that you're talking about that we should pay. So did he lie? Did he fabricate what was said to make him make it seem like what he's saying or doing is taking an effect? I can pretty much, I would say so. He then leaves there goes to uh, England where he meets the Queen and he meets with the Prime Minister of, of England, right, with the British. Prior to meeting the Prime Minister uh, of England, he, <laughs> he actually had an interview where he just threw her under the bus. So imagine this. It's like this. A co-worker that you know very well, that you may have been working with for the last five or ten years. You speak, you're cordial, you laugh, you talk, you go to lunch with each other, you talk about business, you think everything's okay. And then that co-worker goes and speaks with someone else and throws you under the bus. And then you guys are look to link up and work on a project again. So basically... What I'm saying is Trump basically had an interview threw the prime minister of England under the bus, then came back, looked her dead in the face like everything was okay. (laughs) This is crazy. This is exactly what he did. And so, um, of course, face to face. That's not what he said. Face to face. It was, oh, she's doing a great job. She's doing this. She's doing that. Whoop de whoop, whoop, whoop. And, you know, those are the characteristics of a bully. Those are characteristics of narcissism. When you confront a person or uh, someone that is uh, narcissistic or someone that is a bully, when you confront them head on, they do one or two things. They don't, they either back down or try to act like they're, they're still the bully. But once you confront them, they really don't do anything. And that's exactly what Donald Trump did. Um, when he was there in uh, in the UK, uh, I said England, but UK. Um, so then we go to the heavyweight fight, right? The main event. Um, I think it was Pulaski or something like that is where they where they met. President Putin and Donald Trump meet face to face. They do the whole uh, media frenzy thing where they're taking pictures, they're shaking hands, yada, yada, yada. Trump congratulates him on the soccer team and how well they did and all this other stuff. And then they meet alone. No media, no one there to, uh, except a few staff members there to, um, discuss certain things. And no one know, no one knows what was said. However, it has come out that Donald Trump was trying to make a deal to allow Russia to interrogate um, some of the people here in the United States regarding an issue. That's right, I said that. Donald Trump wanted to make a deal with the Russians regarding an issue uh, to interrogate some United States citizens 
um, that were involved in this whole Russia Russia fiasco. And I'm ad-libbing here, so I apologize if, if it's not uh, coming across clear. But basically, he wanted to interrogate some United States citizens uh, that have knowledge of um, some some things over there in Russia. And it wasn't it didn't come out and they didn't come out and say that that's what he said. Uh, now this is allegedly, but they are um, well actually it is what he said because the Senate voted against it. That, so that is what he said. Uh, they shut it down immediately. It took them all of two minutes to to shut that uh, that idea down. But then, after the meeting behind closed doors, with no one there except interpreters and a few staff members, they go on that grand stage. They're in front of the media. The media is throwing questions at them, and that's in the in the clip that you just heard, where he is asked point blank, uh, "Did you ask President Putin about uh, Russia meddling in the 2000?" In the in the 2016 um, uh, election, I can't get my words out. Gosh, 2016 election, right? And that's when you heard the remarks uh, that were that were actually made, where he says uh, he committed a double negative. He meant to say one thing and then didn't say the other. Now let's think about it, people, and this is for the Trump supporters as well. The common sense Trump supporters. I'm not talking to the people that don't have common sense. So if you come up with the comments, if you come with the comments on ignorance, um, I'm not talking to you. Be quiet. I'm talking to the Donald Trump supporters that have common sense. So there is Putin. There's there's Donald Trump. He has an opportunity to say something. He says absolutely nothing. He dodges the question. He actually, well, actually, I take that back. He says that. Uh, he was told that it wasn't Russia. He doesn't see why it wouldn't be. Um, and then claims that later he meant to say, um, I don't understand, uh, you know, I don't see why it would be or wouldn't be. Um, so he used the double negative or whatever he claims he said. But anyway, um, with all that being said, he comes out and says he didn't understand what the big deal was. He goes back, reads the transcripts, looks at what he looks at the video, and sees that he made a mistake. Now I want you guys to think about this. This is a man that does not like saying that he's wrong about anything. This is a man that says what I say is what I say, and that's what I mean. So common sense tells you that if you're not running Putin about what you know to be true. After you have actually said that you believe in what the State Department has told you, you believe in what the FBI has told you, you believe what the CIA has told you regarding Russian meddling in the election, why wouldn't you confront him about it? I don't understand it, and I don't seem to understand why some people who support him are making excuses for him. And this has nothing to do with being a Republican. This has nothing to do with being a Democrat. This is just common sense to me. It's common sense. Here's the deal. Donald Trump is a bully, but Putin is an even bigger bully. He's an even bigger bully. So when confronted, Donald Trump's not going not gonna to confront Putin. And there's probably something there that, that Putin has on Trump, which is the reason why you never hear him say anything bad about it. This is nothing new. He showed you on national television. So I don't want to hear, oh, this is just a witch hunt. Oh, this is just a, a conspiracy theory made up by Democrats. Oh, this is people that are still mad about Hillary Clinton losing the election. No, it's common sense. He has business ties in Russia. He's not going to mess up the bag. This is what I've been saying all along. This is what other people have been saying all along. Donald Trump is using the presidency, presidency for his own gain. You guys got to start. We got to start using our common sense in these situations. Now, on top of that, there... His his uh, his his lawyer, Michael Cohen, who had his uh, offices raided by um, uh, the special uh, prosecutors 
that's been brought in to investigate um, if there were if there was any type of collusion with Russia regarding the election of Donald Trump. It has recently come out that he has tapes and recordings of Donald Trump um, going talking about how they were going to pay off the former Playboy model that he said he never had an affair with during the election. Yes, during the election. Was it going to be in check? Was it going to be in cash? Who was going to make who was going to make the payment? There are recorded tapes of Donald Trump saying this. And right now, if anybody uh, of fame and or or wealth is in trouble, if I were you, I'd be reaching out to Stormy Daniels attorney cuz this guy Everything that this guy has said is coming out. And for those of you who don't know, Stormy Daniels is the um, ex-porn star or adult star uh, that said she had an uh, affair with Donald Trump. And they paid her $100,000, by the way. Um, And and so uh, the exact payment to the former Playboy model that they said he had an affair with was $100,000. And they said there are other tapes of Donald Trump incriminating himself, allegedly incriminating himself. Stormy Daniels, and and I researched this for all you Trump supporters because I know you're going to probably feel some type of way, but facts are facts. I researched this. He did an interview back in May saying this exact same thing. He said he knew for a fact that there were tapes of Donald Trump agreeing to pay monies, hush money basically, to keep these ladies quiet. That's fact. That was in May. And I'm pretty sure you guys know we're in the month of July. So how does he know that? And the guy didn't say, oh, there could be or maybe. He said, no, I know for a fact there are tapes of him agreeing to pay this young lady or this this ex-Playboy model. I'm telling you, we better start using our common sense. And I'm going to throw something else at you. And I don't believe in conspiracies all the time. I just try to use common sense. But again, this podcast is not about conspiracy theories. They're cool to talk about. It's cool to say, oh, let's see what this person, what their point of view is. And sometimes you might find something that's interesting. But one of the things that you always hear about this so-called, I'm sorry, regarding the Russians meddling in the 2016 election is um, it had no bearing on the outcome of the election. I want you to think about that. It had no bearing on the outcome of the election. So if it had no bearing on the outcome of the election, why is the meddling such a big deal? Think about it. Use your common sense. Don't put your feelings in it. Use your common sense. If it had no outcome on anything, why is it such a big deal about the Russians meddling? I can tell you why. One reason is, obviously, it's Russia. It's Putin. Putin is a product of the old USSR. Putin believed in the wall. He believed in dictatorship. He feels Russia has been torn down by having freedom of speech and being very, very westernized. That is the history of, of, of Vladimir Putin. He's also an ex-KGB agent. KGB is basically the Russian version of the CIA if you want to paint that picture so people can better understand. Now, I'm going to throw this at you. And again, this is not a conspiracy. This is just a theory for you to think about. What if the Russians did meddle and change the outcome of the election? Think about it. Why would the government say there was no bearing on the outcome of the election because 
if they come out and say, yes, the Russians meddled in our election process and it changed the outcome of the election, meaning it swayed people to go and vote for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton, our democracy as we know it would be lost. People wouldn't want to vote because if you can come and meddle, what's the point of voting? People feel like that now. So think about if the government, our government, that's supposed to be for the people, by the people, come out and say, hey, yeah, Russia was involved and they changed the outcome of the election. How does that make you feel? They would never come out and say that. So I think there's something else there. You know, will it ever come out? I don't know. It's just a theory of mine. But I want to make sure that I'm, I'm saying these things to you and make you use a little bit of common sense and give you another way of thinking regarding this whole situation. This is, again, this isn't about Republican, Democrat, and none of that stuff. This is about common sense to me. And com- my common sense tells me that, one, Putin has something on Donald Trump, whether it's, it's, it's you know, something morally or something regarding business. That's one. Two, Donald Trump is never going to say anything bad about Russia or Putin. Oh, and did I, did I add, he also said that he's thinking about having Vladimir Putin come to the White House in September in the fall. Oh, one other thing. He also had two Russian diplomats unannounced at the White House probably about six months prior. Don't forget the indictments. There were 12 Russians that were brought up on indictments in this investigation. So you tell me, is this a witch hunt? Are we just going to sweep this under the rug because we don't want to actually admit that we may have voted for the wrong guy? And I'm talking to the common sense Trump supporters. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, this guy's a business guy and he's he's going to change the economy. The economy is booming right now for now. We don't know what's going to what's going to happen with tariffs and things like that. But when it comes to this whole Russia situation, there's definitely something going on there. And I think it's silly for you not to think that there is. Um, and, and again, it's no conspiracy, as, the, as, as some of the politicians have said. And, and, and here's what I don't like. The politicians have come out and say, oh, Russia definitely meddled in, in uh, our 2016 election. But they won't come out and say that what Donald Trump is doing is wrong. Now, a lot of them did after he was face-to-face with Putin, but prior to that, you didn't hear anything. They just let him go ahead and go on. And I, I said it before. The writing is on the wall for a lot of these Republicans in the House. That's why Paul Ryan's leaving. That's why, um, I think it was Mitch McConnell. No, maybe not Mitch McConnell. Or maybe it was Lindsey Graham. One, one of those guys. The guy prior to Paul Ryan, whoever was prior to Paul Ryan. That's why he left. They see the writing on the wall. Donald Trump is headed for disaster. And for those of you that said that say, hey, this is a waste of taxpayers' money, guess what? Which is why I wanted to bring this episode up and call it Trumpgate versus Watergate. It took them three years to impeach Richard Nixon for Watergate. Three years. Because there are so many different layers of the presidency and so many different layers of things that you have to uncover that needs to be fact. And so far, um, they're doing a great job. They're doing a great job because they are getting people, they're finding things. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. But Watergate, let me show you how these, these two are very, very similar. And for those of you that don't know, I am a history buff. So I find uh, things in history that, it, that happened in the past very, very interesting. And what made me come up with this topic for the show was well, I watched an interest, interesting uh, documentary regarding Watergate. Like I've heard of Watergate. My mom used to talk to me about Watergate, how they called uh, Richard Nixon Tricky Dick and things like that. But I never really understood it fully. Um, but what, what it was was basically Richard Nixon was up for re-election. And 
he had a Democratic opponent. Nixon had leaks from the White House all over the place. So very much like Donald Trump, he had leaks. So leaks are little bits of information that are given to the media that they're not supposed to know about. One thing that a White House hates are leaks because leaks get out. The information that you may or may not want to get out is like a rumor. By the time it gets to another place, it may or may not be true based on what's really what's really happening. So you want to stop the leaks. Well, Nixon had leaks during this time of re-election. And so he came up with a group of people, and he called them, get this, plumbers. They were referred to as plumbers. Their sole job was to report to the president, who at that time was Richard Nixon, and to stop the leaks that were leaving out of the White House. These five men, Richard Nixon, had five men on his staff that he hired to break into the Democratic National Party offices. Their their sole purpose was to dig up dirt or plant dirt on his opponent. They did this one night. They taped some doors that led up to their office, and it just so happened that a security guard happened to see a taped door. He removed the tape, closed the door. He leaves and goes about on his rounds. They tape, retape the door. As he's coming back around, I guess, on his, you know, just doing his normal rounds throughout the night, he sees that the door that he had took the tape off of was taped again. So now he's suspicious of something going on. He calls the police. Police show up at the uh, Democratic National Headquarters after the security guard calls the police, tells them what's going on. They find five guys in suits in the office. And when they found the five guys, the police officer or the detective at the time said he found it highly unusual that these weren't robbers because these guys are dressed in suits. He said, who are these guys? What, what's going on? Along with that, he found cash, um, notes. Uh, there was some other stuff, uh, like some spy pens, just some real crazy stuff. And so these guys were ended, they ended up being arrested for breaking into the Democratic National Party. Um, headquarters, campaign headquarters. So they get arrested. You know, Nixon's out doing his thing. He's out, you know, he's up for re-election. He's doing his thing. And what happens? The Watergate thing sort of gets swept under the table. Nobody's really paying attention to these guys that have been arrested. Right? Oh, but then it gets crazy. Some of the people on Nixon's staff get called to Congress to testify to find out why, what's going on, and what the president knew. Well, someone basically said that there are recordings of what of him telling everyone what they should do. Him telling them to break into the Democratic National Headquarters and put dirt, find dirt, on his opponent. And you can look this up. It's well documented. And I don't have all the names in front of me, and I'm not going to go through every single name because there's a cast of characters. Um, uh, there was an even there was even a, if you don't believe me, there was a movie made about this uh, in Watergate, uh, and there you know there was somebody that in the FBI that had information that couldn't come out and tell uh, talk about it, but he would meet with a reporter from I believe it was the Washington Post or the New York Times, one of those large newspapers, uh, and give them information on what's going on, bits and pieces about it. Um, but anyway, so once they find out that there were tapes, um, the special, again, very similar to Donald Trump, a special prosecutor is brought in and subpoenas that these tapes need to be released. Who else has tapes? Donald Trump. We found out Donald Trump uh, has recordings of him agreeing to pay a former Playboy model. 
So that's how these are very, very similar. So with Watergate, basically, it, the tapes were subpoenaed. Richard Nixon refused to give them up. Now, the difference in the difference in Donald Trump and Richard Nixon, they're very similar, but they're very different. Richard Nixon would be in front of crowds and in front of people and act like he was, you know, he's okay with them. He has no problem with people. Um, you know, I'm for you. You know, we're working hard for you. But behind the scenes, Richard Nixon called black people niggas. He said Jews couldn't be trusted. And a host of other things um, that he said. And it's all on tape. This is nothing that I'm making up. It's all on tape. You can go and research it and Google it. As a matter of fact, you can watch the documentary. It's right on Hulu regarding Watergate. They, they actually let you hear the tape of him saying these things. Donald Trump, on the other hand, has no problem. Obviously, if he came out and said nigga, that would be a big uproar. But he has no problem in saying thugs. He has no problems, um, uh, like, for instance, with the Charlottesville situation, um, saying it wasn't just uh, the, 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 the alt-right. It was both sides. So they're very, very similar, but very, very different. Donald Trump likes to be brash. He likes to be in the spotlight. Richard Nixon did not. So as we move forward, talking about the subpoena um, with Watergate and these tapes that Richard Nixon actually had, he had things on the tapes that he didn't want people to hear. So what does he do? He had a staff member, as a matter of fact, his secretary or his executive assistant at the time who had access to record things as well. And there's a picture of this. She said she accidentally erased 18 minutes of tape uh, of him saying things. And there's this awkward picture of her reaching for a phone with her foot on this pedal back then that's how you started the tape to roll. They would step on a pedal, and that's how the tape would start rolling. Except Richard Nixon had one where as soon as his voice, as soon as the tape recognized his voice, it would come on. That wasn't the smartest thing for him to do. But Richard Nixon had a gang of people that were going to be loyal and take the fall for this break-in in Watergate, and he was going to pay them and take care of them for the rest of their life. He's on tape saying that you could get a million dollars. Someone told him that it would cost a million dollars to make this thing go away. And he said that you can get a million dollars. That wouldn't be a problem. I know where you can get it from. You can get a million dollars. So you see very, very, very uh, similar circumstances between Watergate and Trumpgate. The only difference is, once everything started coming out um, about Nixon and these tapes, it, beca- it became very, very hard for him uh, not to release them and give them up. He ended up giving them up. It was uh, some of the things that he, 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 he was telling people to do, he was ordering to do, were compared to mafioso-type things, things that the mob would do. Using your political power for gain. Richard Nixon just went about it differently. And I truly believe that Donald Trump is using his political power for gain through business. And that's why he will not say anything bad about the rules. So, Richard Nixon, tapes released, everybody hears them. They then go a vote for impeachment. You know, he gets voted to have him impeached. And the rest is history. Will that happen to Donald Trump? We don't know. We don't know. But they are very, very similar. So if you guys haven't had a chance, um, you definitely need to check out um, the Watergate scandal and, and, and Richard Nixon because it's very, very similar to um, what you see now with Donald Trump. Obviously, we're in more technological age, um, so it's a little bit different. But back then, same, same thing political power for gain. You can't do that as the uh, as the president of the United States. I do have some facts regarding uh, war. Um, it says, uh, fact number one is a different kind of tape started off the scandals. You remember me talking about the burglars using tape to tape off um, the doors. They said the burglars used tape to hold open the latches on the door locks at the DNC offices. 
a sharp-eyed security guard, his name was Frank Willis, saw the tape and called the police. And he was a brother, by the way. Of course, his, of course, his name is Frank. He got to be a brother. Uh, Frank Willis, name like that, you definitely a brother. Uh, number two, who made the famous third-rate burger, burglary? I can't say burglary. Uh, comment. That statement was made by Press Secretary Ron Ziegler. At a press conference in Key Biscayne, Florida, two days after the break-in, he also warned that certain elements may try to stretch this beyond what it is. This is all Watergate facts. Three, these are a lot of the people and figures that are involved in Watergate. Bernstein and Woodard did the second story about the Watergate break-in. The first Washington Post story was filled by veteran police reporter Alfred Lewis on June 18, 1972, the first Bernstein and Woodard report came on June 19, 1972. So uh, that answers my that, – that goes back to what I said earlier. I knew it was either the Post or the New York Times. It was a large media outlet. It's actually um, the Washington Post was the first one to break the story. Other newspapers played important roles in reporting Watergate. The Post had an uh, undeniable critical role in breaking the scandal, especially with scoops from a source called Deep Throat. But the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, and Newsday had scoops – uh, had scoops too. Deep Throat was the code name for the guy that was giving the uh, Washington Post reporter information, um, saying that you know uh, this scandal goes to the highest level. And so they did an investigation when they uh, broke the story regarding Watergate. Robert Bork was a figure in the Saturday Night Massacre. Saturday Night Massacre was when a lot of key people on Richard Nixon's staff were fired. The future Supreme Court nominee acted as a solicitor general and fired special prosecutor Archibald Cox on October 20th, 1973. After Attorney General Elliot Richardson quit after refusing to fire Cox and Richardson's aide, William Ruckershaus, was fired for not firing Richardson. And the names of the people. So just like um, we have a special uh, prosecutor, I believe is Mueller, investigating Russia, they had a special prosecutor uh, named... Um, Archibald Cox, who came in to invest, investigate Watergate. So the original um, special prosecutor, uh, I'm sorry, the, the attorney general at that time, uh, Gerald Elliott, uh, Nixon wanted him to fire the special prosecutor. Well, when he refused to, he fired the attorney general and brought in Archibald Cox. Archibald Cox then fired the special prosecutor. Now think about it. There were rumblings about Donald Trump firing special prosecutor Mueller regarding this whole Russia investigation. Number six, who disclosed the secret taping system? Presidential aide Alexander Butterfield did publicly in the televised Watergate hearings in July 73, but he privately told investigators the same details a few days prior to the TV appearance. Investigators were suggesting from the Post about Butterfield in May of 73 after Woodard and Bernstein said they hadn't checked into Butterfield's potential role in Watergate. Number seven, the Supreme Court's role in ending Watergate. On July 24, 1974, a unanimous Supreme Court ordered Nixon to surrender the White House tapes. The court rejected Nixon's claim to an absolute unqualified presidential privilege of immunity, immunity from judicial process under all circumstances. Does this sound familiar to you? Someone else claimed that he basically could be found not guilty of, he couldn't be found guilty of anything. Donald Trump said that probably about three months ago. The House's role in ending Watergate, yeah, so um, basically in 1974 in a process that started in February 74, Nixon acknowledged on August 5th statements about the smoking gun tape that he would most likely face a full House impeachment vote in a Senate trial. The smoking gun tape, as the coup de, uh, coup de cry, it was the release of the smoking gun tape. Among 64 recordings that Nixon was forced to surrender by the Supreme Court ended the Watergate drama. The tape showed Nixon ordering a cover-up of the breaking in right after it happened in June of 1972. And then uh, the last fact was number 10. The Justice Department pondered a Nixon indictment after his resignation. Justice Department memos show officials struggling with Article 1, Section 3, Clause 7 of the Constitution. The clause says that a person removed from office by impeachment and 
conviction shall nevertheless be liable to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. But there wasn't a mention in the Constitution about a president who had resigned from office. Nixon's pardon a month later ended that debate. So those are those are some facts regarding um, the Watergate scandal. But I hope I've given you similarities to what Richard Nixon went through and the scandal he went through and what you see right now with Donald Trump. Very, very similar. You got scandal regarding um, collusion from Russia, interference. We know that to be true. We know that there have been people indicted uh, regarding um, interference with the 2016 election. We know that now there is a tape of Donald Trump agreeing to pay a former Playboy model. We know that Stormy Daniels' attorney has said that she was paid $150,000 to keep quiet regarding their affair. We know that Stormy Daniels' attorney also stated that back in May there were tapes of Donald Trump uh, during this election process that he agreed to pay um, other people. And, and this is just a fold, you know. So very, very similar. You guys definitely should check that out. Um, but, you know, I wanted you guys to use common sense regarding this stuff to think about what we're seeing. This is just getting worse and worse and worse. It's one thing to come out and speak brash and bold and have people in their feelings about what you're saying. But when stuff starts to pile on, it's like how much more can the American people take? And I know there's going to be some supporters that sweep everything that he says under the rug and have a blind eye. But I'm asking those of you that have common sense just to use it. And when you listen to this podcast, think about some of the things that he has said. Think about what you're seeing. And then the final thought on this is, I want you to think about if former President Barack Obama had did any of these things that Donald Trump did. I want you to think about that. This has been uh, a great episode. I hope you guys like it. Be on the lookout for style sessions, inspirational quotes and motivation um, quotes from me. Make sure that you go out and um, check out the website, bossradiostation.com. You can catch all the episodes of the podcast. Um, sure to go on you know, Stitch, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all the platforms where you can receive podcasts. Uh, just search for Let's Be Honest with Frank Styles, S-T-Y-L-Z. Follow me on Twitter at uh, Frank Styles one Follow me on Instagram at Frank Styles, And you can also follow us on Facebook at Styles Boss Productions. If you need help with uh, podcast producing, podcast editing, video editing, editing um, whatever your needs, um, Styles Boss Productions can help you with that. And um, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. And uh, make sure that you look out for Style Sessions. And I will talk to you soon. I'm your host, Frank Styles, And remember, let's be honest when we're talking about things.